0: Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden and this is the Cook Along Podcast. Today we're dealing with what some people might perceive as a problem. So your neighbor gave you their zucchini because they have so many. Or maybe you decided this was the year you would grow your own zucchini. Or maybe this was your first year growing zucchini and you decided that two plants would be better than one or four plants would be better than two in any of those scenarios you have to figure out what to do with all that zucchini most people are going to make zucchini bread or they're going to use it in a saute i have some actually great recipes which unfortunately are not yet on the website for some zucchini in a quiche and a couple of good really nice mexican dishes but being true to form, what I'm going to do instead is make something sweet. This is my version of zucchini bread, or let me just say it's a, it's a version of zucchini bread that I really like because it's a little different. It's called lemon zucchini bread. I just think it's more interesting than regular zucchini bread. I also have a relative who makes the equivalent of a carrot cake, but she uses zucchini and I'm going to have to try to track down that recipe because that was extraordinary. Anyhow, here are your ingredients, and then I'll tell you your do-aheads. What you need in the house is a cup and a half of regular flour, a half teaspoon of baking soda, a quarter of a teaspoon of baking powder, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt, three quarters of a cup of sugar, a zucchini, a fresh zucchini, unpeeled, unanythinged, and you know, and I know that they come in a huge variety of sizes. So I have one that is, I just weighed it. It's 13 and a half ounces. And what we need from this is a cup of finely shredded zucchini. So I'm going to do a little at a time, I guess, and maybe half of it at a time and see how that measures up. But if you have a way to weigh things, at least you have an idea of what I'm starting with a quarter of a cup of cooking oil whatever that is in your house vegetable oil canola oil I'm using canola oil you need an egg and a lemon or two I would suggest two unless they're big because we're gonna use the juice and the zest from the outside once the bread is cooked we are gonna make a glaze to go over the top so the ingredients for the glaze are a half a cup of powdered sugar A tablespoon more of the lemon juice and a teaspoon more of the lemon zest. I don't know if I told you how much in the actual batter. It's two tablespoons of lemon juice and two tablespoons of lemon zest in the batter plus the tablespoon of lemon juice and the teaspoon of lemon zest in the glaze. So that's a lot of lemon. You'll need a way to grate the zucchini and a way to zest and juice the lemons. You can juice lemons just with your hand, but it's really handy to have a grater or a zester to get the zest off of the lemons without getting the pith, which is the white part underneath, and that doesn't taste good at all. Your do-aheads are to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and to pick out a loaf pan i'm experimenting a little bit here again i have two sizes of loaf pan i have a little smaller one that's eight and a half by what hang on eight and a half by four and a half and i also have bigger ones that are probably nine by five i decided to use the smaller one i just don't know why i just did i just like the way it looked today so that's what i'm gonna use you need to pick out your pan, and then you need to spray it with some nonstick spray. I think that's all, so compile your ingredients, and when you're ready, come on back to me, and we'll start mixing things up. I forgot to tell you, you'll need two mixing bowls for this. We put the dry ingredients in one and the wet ingredients in the other. So haul those out of your cupboard, or wherever you keep them. Now, because we're gonna use the skin of the zucchini, we're not gonna peel it first, and the zest, the outside skin of the lemon, we need to wash those. You may not usually do that, but this is the circumstance where you don't want cooties getting into your zucchini bread. So, give them a good scrub. You don't need to use soap, but You can if you want to, as long as you get it all off. Okay, those are washed. Let's deal with the zucchini first. A lot of recipes you'll find when you're asked to shred the zucchini. You are also asked to squeeze the moisture out of it afterward. We don't want to do that we want that moisture it's going to help make this zucchini bread really nice and dense so i'm going to use a food processor because i am lucky enough to own one and i'm going to use the f- the fine grater on it which is what i would use if i was shredding cheese into little tiny thin strips so we don't want to peel it in fact we're not going to do anything to it besides wash it and i'm going to try I'm gonna try about half of this. All right, I'm gonna weigh it before I do this so that if it comes out perfectly, I can tell you how much zucchini really needed. This is 6.5. I'm doing 6.5 ounces of zucchini at this moment. It's a little too fat to fit in my food processor. So, all right, let's see how this comes out. Okay, that's funny, it kind of skins itself. The skin stays up on the top (laughs) and the zucchini goes down into the bottom. All right, let me see if I can tell how much I've got here. Cleaning it out of the blade carrier. Gosh, you know, I think that's actually what it's called. Okay, I uh, got my one cup measuring cup and I'm just scooping this out with my hands. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty darn close. If anything, it's a little more than I needed. So like six uh, six ounces of zucchini. And now I'm, I'm going to owe you an apology here because I kind of was leading you to believe I would help you use up your zucchini in the house. And clearly, this is not going to do that unless you make a bunch of them, which you may decide to do after you taste it. All right, the zucchini. Be ready to go. I gotta figure out how to get it out of the. You know, what is this thing? The bowl. The bowl of the food processor. I'm using a rubber spatula. What did people do before rubber spatulas? Can you imagine trying to get stuff out of containers like this with like your standard wooden? spoon. Ugh. I'm sure there are people listening to me right now who are rolling their eyes. Well it's probably a lot of people do that. Now I have the the skins which like I said just sort of peeled themselves off and left themselves at the top. Not all of it but some. So those are going in my compost bin. Alrighty now I think I also want to get the lemon zested ahead of time. So when I have a zester. It looks, hmm, all right, I'm not even going to try to describe this. If you don't know what a zester looks like, you can go find a picture of it online. They're very handy little things. You can use them to uh, make garlic really small. They're really great for getting zest off of lemons. Now, like I said, we need a whole two tablespoons. That's really a lot. And my lemons are really small, but I'm running the skin of the lemon along the zester, trying to get all the outside without getting any of the white part underneath the outside, and without scraping up my fingers or my knuckles or my thumb. And that really is, ouch, yes, that, (laughs) I started to say, that's the hard part. It wasn't really an ouch i just felt myself touch it and and responded isn't that funny how we do that you know we say ouch when something really didn't hurt we just knew it could have but we say ouch anyway okay i'm done almost done with the first lemon and i don't think i Yeah, this is going to be a lot of lemons because they're my my lemons are they fit in the palm of my hand, they're maybe a little bigger than a golf ball. One of those, as I am zesting it here, looks like it's going to be about a teaspoon, which means I need well, maybe it's a little more. No, really, it's about a teaspoon. And in two tablespoons, there are six teaspoons, so I may go through a lot of lemons. I'm starting my second lemon here. Just scrape off the yellow. The pith is... You know, it would be so easy to just go back and say, I'll just take some of this white part. But you really, really don't want to do that. Because it's bitter. It's bitter and it's nasty. Alright, so... This might have a little more zest on it. Oh my goodness. If you're using like a box grater, that's gonna make this a little trickier. You can do it. You certainly can do it. You use either the actual cheese grating side or you can use the really fine shredder uh, that like, like what we just used. I just used on the food processor, which by the way, if you don't have a food processor, that was what you needed to do is um, use that box grater or a plain grater and plain P L A N E grater. Okay. So, t- and uh, shred it up that way. So two, two lemons is about a tablespoon rats. Okay, so I'm gonna get two more lemons out. There you have it. And then I may end up with some skinned lemons in my refrigerator, because I don't think I'll need all this juice. And now I have to scrub those babies. All right, lemon number three. Ooh, this one is stubborn. If anybody knows of a f- faster way to do this, you're welcome to leave me a message and tell me. I've always felt like the zester here was was like one of my favorite toys because I didn't discover it until very late in life. It's not easier to use than a grater, but it, it focuses more on the parts you want without giving you parts that you don't want. So. I really like using it just because it's a fun tool. I have a thing about tools of almost any kind, and I'm afraid that that encourages specialization. Because if you see a tool that does something really cool and really special, I get really excited about it. And then once I own it, I rarely get to use it because it turns out the tool only does that one thing. But it does that one thing really well. I just don't get to use it very often, which is part of the reason I'm standing here using this zester. Alright, that was three lemons. Now let me see what I got. That one seemed like it had more stuff on it. Could that be two tablespoons? No. Not really. I'd have to fake it. Alright, here goes the third lemon. Or excuse me, no, this is the fourth lemon. And then whatever it is, I'm calling it good. Then we're going to juice the lemons. And here again, I have a tool that it took me a long time to discover. Now, I should tell you, I have, I guess, what would be called a reamer. It's an electric thing that I use to make orange juice with. And it reams the inside of the oranges and squishes out all the juice. And it's got an adapter or a smaller reamer part that will also work on things like lemons and limes now you'd think i'd be excited about that because there is a tool that while it really is only juicing it juices more than one thing it was cleverly designed so that it could be used in more than one way do i use it for lemons no why well because i have this other tool that only does one thing, and it only does it on things that are small enough. But I don't get to use it very often, so it's going to get used today. All right, I'm totally done. Done. We're calling that good, whether it is or not. It looks like a lot. So now that I have these naked lemons think we might as well juice them as well because we're gonna need two tablespoons three tablespoons of lemon juice so the tool that I have looks like an ice cream scoop kind of they make them in plastic they make them in metal mine's metal I don't see a manufacturer on it but I bought it online it looks like an ice cream scoop but it opens like a lever so that you can put leverage onto the lemon It's got little holes in the bottom of the bottom half that looks like the ice cream scoop. There's holes in it so the juice can go through. And the top half is ridged. And I don't know why that is. I presume it's to help keep the lemon in place. So if you're using one of these, there's one trick. You probably already know, but I'll tell it to you anyway. It looks as though the lemon would fit right down in that bottom of the ice cream scoop with the flat cut side up. It's actually supposed to go the other way. So, uh, completely unintuitively, you're gonna put the lemon's flat side into the bottom of the curve and then you squish the top. Oh, you know what? It's really helpful if you have something to squeeze it into. So I just got a measuring cup out. You just squish the top and it squeezes the juice out of those holes in the bottom. And this is another thing you can find a picture of if you want to go look for it online. And then I turn it over, the lemon that is, and it doesn't put any juice out this way but it just helps me sort of re-invert it and then put it back in the bottom with the cut side down and squeeze it again. And I usually get quite a lot out of the second squeeze. And then what you have left is something they call a puck because I guess it looks like a hockey puck and you can dispose of that we're not going to need it. And then do the same thing with the second half of the lemon. Usually a lemon is about two tablespoons which is all we need right now for the cake and so I may deal with the glazed juice later we'll see how much comes out. So I just squeezed the second half of the lemon now I'm turning it right side up and now I am turning it back down again and squishing out the last of the juice. All right, now what I have in the measuring cup, let's see how much I got out of it. i got my tablespoon here. It looks like it's about an eighth of a cup, which means it's only two tablespoons. You know, I'm not ready for it yet. What made me think I was ready for it? I uh, will just wait, and if I have to squeeze another one, I'll squeeze it in a little bit. So now, finally, now we've done all the sous-chef stuff, S-O-U-S. It means you've cut all the things up. If you're in a restaurant, you got somebody else to do that grunt work for you. In real life, it doesn't work that way. So in the first mixing bowl, we're going to put a cup and a half of flour. Now, you may get tired of hearing me say this, but we're going to talk again about how to measure the flour. You don't want a really dry, dense cake. So take a spoon first and stir your flour up so that it's sort of light and fluffy. You'll feel as you dig down into there that the bottom is hard, not hard, but you know, dense and heavy. And you don't want to use any of the dense and heavy part. So from the part that's fluffy and stirred up, you take that spoon and you scoop one spoon at a time into your measuring cup. These steps keep the flour from getting too densely packed, which would mean you had more flour than you really meant to have. And into one bowl, you put the first cup, And then we're gonna put the second half cup, just scooping it lightly. Don't shake it down to make it heavier or anything. And in it goes. We're done with the flour now. then the baking soda and the baking powder both go in. It's a half teaspoon of baking soda, which is the salty stuff that you can use to clean your pans. And if you don't know about that, you should read my blog on the website, the website is thecookalongpodcast.com, and the article is I think called "How Do I Get That Gunk Off the Bottom of My Favorite Pan?" or, or something like that. That Velcro you just heard—that's my—that's my package of baking powder. I've talked about this before too. I use Bob's Red Mill baking powder, and they've done this fabulous experiment. Hold it—I have to think. Quarter of a teaspoon. Baking powder, can't talk and think at the same time. Where their packaging is, is like it would be with a Ziploc. So you tear off the plastic at the top, and instead of having a Ziploc underneath that, instead you have Velcro, which is very clever. It's plastic Velcro. The troll is, as, as you probably know from Velcro, that it's little loops that hook into each other, but it doesn't exactly seal. So once, I mean, it'll stick, they'll stick and they'll stay closed. But if you squeeze, if you squeeze or shake the package of baking powder after it's closed, it just sort of poofs out a little baking powder because it's really not a good way to seal it. I I appreciate their experimentation, but I'm thinking maybe they won't stick with it over time just because it uh, really goes everywhere when you don't want it to. Okay, in the same bowl now, a quarter of a teaspoon of salt salt and sweet things is important it helps bring out the flavor and brightens everything up a little bit now we just need to stir that up there we go easy peasy right now in the second bowl we're gonna start with the sugar this is three quarters of a cup of sugar I'm gonna use a quarter cup measure three times you don't have to do anything fancy to measure the sugar except kind of level it out. So one, two, three, there's the three-quarters cups of quarter, three quarters of a cup of sugar. And in there, now we're going to add this zucchini. The shredded zucchini that we didn't drain any of the liquid out of is going in to the sugar. And then comes your cooking oil. So you just need a quarter of a cup measure. Oh, wouldn't that be good if I had one of those? There we go. I used it already. Okay, quarter of a cup of measure of cooking oil. I'm using a dry measure because the lemon juice is in my regular liquid measuring cups. I don't know if you knew there was a difference, but there is. It isn't really in amount, but in... I think they're created because of a lack of faith in human beings. Because if you have a dry measuring cup and you try to put, let's say, a quarter of a cup of liquid into a dry measuring cup that measures a quarter of a cup. If you take it to the very top, it's going to overflow. It's going to spill. So it might mean you go a little shy and that can mess up a recipe or at least the people who invented measuring cups seem to think that. So your liquid measure is usually uh, taller and clear so that you can see what's inside of it and then the measuring markings are on the outside so that you can actually pour in the exact amount that you need. small piece of trivia for your day. Okay the egg goes in. Now I am just gonna crack this in because I have faith in my ability to fish out the shell if I lose some in here. If you're worried about that at all don't crack it directly into the bowl because If you put it in like some little container, a little cup, a little bowl, a juice glass, then if you get shell in there you can fish it out before you dump it into the mixture. Now goes in the lemon juice. So let's find out how many tablespoons I got here out of one. I bet you it's closer to two than three. So there's one tablespoon. Oh, you know, I don't even think I have two whole tablespoons. I don't. All right, well, the upside of that is I get to use my tool again. So cutting the second lemon in half. And this'll probably be enough juice then for both the rest of what I need in the recipe here and for the glaze on the top. By the way, I made a note on my copy of this recipe that you can double the glaze. My guess is I have done that because I like the extra sweetness that the glaze provides. If you have listened to any of my other podcasts, on the cookalongpodcast.com, You will probably remember that I do like my things sweet and, and that, in fact, I make a lot of cookies and stuff. All right, let's see if I got three this time. So here's the balance of the second one. I only did half of the lemon this time. Yeah, it's not going to be enough. Yes, I'm about a half a tablespoon short. All right. That's okay, because, you know, I... I denuded all of these. So if I have to juice them, it's a good thing. Cause that pith stuff that I've left on the outside can get kind of hard and crunchy and that in the refrigerator. So it's not a bad thing to just go ahead and juice them. However, this is still only two out of the four. And I bet I end up not needing all four of them. So now pouring that juice in to fill up my second tablespoon. There we go. And I bet I have about a teaspoon left here, which won't be enough for the glaze, so I'll be doing that again in a bit. Now we're going to stir again. You can take the same spoon you were using in the dry ingredients because it's all going to go together in a minute. So just stir up the sugar and the zucchini. Make the egg vanish into the mix. I guess I didn't tell you how easy this is gonna be. It's pretty easy. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the, le- the lemon zest. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have all of that lemon zest. The lemon zest goes in here with the zucchini as well. All right, now that that's in there, stir it again. Sorry about that. Mm, smells good. Here you wanna be sure you kinda of break up that zest so that it's not in a big lump somewhere. You want it spread around. And then take the dry ingredients and just dump them into the zucchini lemon pool and stir it up. Don't stir it too much. We want to stir it just till we kind of are seeing that it's come together. There aren't clumps of flour. It's not really dry. But you don't want to stir too much or that also will make it kind of tough. We want the gluten nice and light, not tough. I totally think I picked the right size pan it would have been low and flat in a 9 inch pan. Not that that's a bad thing because then the glaze covers more of the surface, but I think it's going to fit nicely in the one I'm using. And then just dump it into your greased pan. You grease that pan, right? Spoon the batter, scoop the batter into the loaf pan. And then it goes in the oven. Oops. Oh no. There's a lump of flour on my spoon. Ha <laughs> Okay. Oh well. I'll stir it in as best I can here. Get all the good stuff out of the bowl, clean it up really well. Don't leave it behind. You worked hard to put it together, so get it out of there. Put it in the pan. Okay. That's that. Now, if you decided that you wouldn't really want to use a lemon glaze, it's like a thin icing. If you have felt that you don't really want to use that on top of this cake, that is perfectly fine. because it's, it's not really cake, it's supposed to be zucchini bread. So if you don't want the glaze, I would recommend at this point that if you have any coarse decorator sugar or any sugar actually. Just sprinkle a little on the top. It'll make it look prettier and give it just a little tiny bit of crunch and sweetness on the top that I think you'll appreciate. So now we're going to put this in the oven and we're going to bake it at 350 for almost an hour, actually 50 minutes. Check it at 50. At the end of that time when it's golden brown and the batter doesn't slosh around anymore, it's set, pull it out and set it on a wire rack to cool for 15 minutes and then come back to me and we will make the glaze and decorate this baby, okay? I'll see you soon. All right, hello again. So here we are. You've got this gorgeous loaf of golden brown bread in front of you and it has sat long enough on the wire rack to cool it. Once the cake is cooled, you've had it sitting on that rack and it's cool enough to handle the pan, you're going to want to take the pan and turn it, the bread, sorry, again, take the zucchini bread and turn it out onto a plate or a a platter of some sort, or even a cookie sheet or a cutting board, so that when the glaze drizzles onto the bread, it will also drizzle down the sides. I mean, you can leave it in the pan, but if you do, you're only going to get glaze on one side. Not that that's a terrible thing, but it looks prettier if you take the bread out of the pan first, just invert it onto a, a flat surface, and then you might need to let it cool a few minutes once you get it in that position so that it's not going to just completely melt the frosting, and then drizzle it. So now we're going to make the glaze. As I said, you'll need a half a cup of powdered sugar, a tablespoon of lemon juice, and I'll tell you that during the break I went ahead and juiced the, a third lemon so I'd have that all done. And then you need a teaspoon of lemon zest and at this very moment what I'm realizing is that I made enough lemon zest to go in the recipe and then I used it all in the recipe. And I should have saved out just a teaspoon so I wouldn't have to zest any more lemons. So I'm looking right now at the last lemon that I haven't juiced and there's just a teeny tiny bit of sort of unzested space at the bottom. So I'm going to take my freshly washed zester and take that little bit off. And you know, if it's it's not going to be a teaspoon, I know it's going to be nowhere near a teaspoon. But I think it's just going to have to do. It'll be enough to sort of make it look pretty. There's plenty of lemon flavor in the cake itself. And the lemon juice will be in here and it'll be fine. I just am not going to mess up another lemon to get. Oh, golly. Okay, I'm looking at this Is maybe, if I'm lucky, this is an eighth of a teaspoon of lemon zest. Oh, Dag nabbit. All I had to do was remember and save out just a tiny bit. All right. All right. I lied to you. I'm actually going to get another lemon out of my fridge. And ah. wash it. so stupid. Just stupid. Okay. And just a little more just so that I can get about a teaspoon for the glaze. Now you don't want to glaze the cake before it's cool or it's just going to run off the sides and be on the plate underneath and not help your cake. One, your I shouldn't keep saying cake. I think of it as cake um, because it's sweet and lemony, but it's zucchini bread. So If the cake, if the bread is too hot, the glaze will just run off because it's thin. So you don't want to do that. Wait till the cake bread. Wow, is completely cooled before you drizzle the glaze over the top. Okay, now what we got. We're just gonna combine the ingredients in a small bowl. What have I got? This will do, this is good. So a half a cup of powdered sugar. And with this, we don't care how we measure it. Not like the flour where you have to be careful. You just want a half a cup of powdered sugar, which is probably about what I have in my canister here. I'm hoping I'm gonna get to half a cup without having to go down to the basement to get another package of powdered sugar. Oh, it's gonna be close. Yes There we go. It left me about a half a tablespoon. All right, put that in the bowl. I leave my canister out so I remember to put some more stuff in it. Then you want your tablespoon of lemon juice. And if you did like I did and you have leftover lemon juice, put it in a little jar or some kind of little container. You're probably going to find some way to use it in the next week or so, and it'll be fine for that long. And then the lemon zest goes in. Again, if you think you're going to want more frosting, you can double this recipe. I'm going to be conservative, partly because I don't want to zest any more lemon, and um, partly because I don't think I should put any more frosting on it than is minimally required. In fact, if I'd been smart, I probably would have just used the coarse crystal sugar the way I told you about if you didn't want to use the glaze. But you know, you say lemon glaze to me and I'm I'm afraid I'm all in so now what we have here in this bowl is a little tiny bit of a very thin glaze and we're just going to sort of evenly drizzle it over the top it's more uh, well I shouldn't say it's I started to say it was more of a way to make it look pretty than it is for flavor that's not really true there's a lot of flavor in this little glaze But, uh, so spread it around. It's more like the sprinkled sugar on the top than it is meant to be any kind of real frosting, unless you made a double batch. That said, we're done here for the day. Slice it up, put it on a plate, maybe serve it with tea. If you do tea or after breakfast or with breakfast or for dessert, I'm going to have mine for dessert after dinner tonight, which is probably why I keep calling it cake. Anyhow, it's yummy any time of day. It's lovely in the afternoon, lovely in the morning. There's a song in here somewhere. That's all for today. I hope you will visit my website, thecookalongpodcast.com. There are some really great recipes on there, but in addition to the recipes, there also are some really fun blogs of information that I have learned as I've cooked. Most of it, like in the last 10 years or so, it's stuff that I've learned. Things about how to cook a perfect steak, which I am, in fact, going to do this evening. Or how to cook pasta with less water and taking a lot less time. Just silly, everyday, useful things about how to use your kitchen in ways you might not have thought of before. And again, that is thecookalongpodcast.com. So that's all for now. And until next time, happy cooking!